Let the enemy do whatever he can. But whatever he does would just afford a chance for the Lord to do something more in resurrection. Welcome to Life Study, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Life Study is a study of the Bible emphasizing life. Jesus said in John 6:63, "The words I have spoken to you are spirit and are life." Life Study is the fruit of over 70 years of ministry by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Watchman Nee began this ministry in China in the 1920s and continued it until his imprisonment and eventual martyrdom. Witness Lee brought this ministry to the United States in 1962. Last week, Witness Lee spoke from the Gospel of John, chapter two, unveiling life's principle to change death into life. Today, Witness Lee will speak on the second half of John chapter two concerning life's purpose to build the house of God. These two principles set up by John in the beginning of his gospel will be developed case by case in coming weeks, showing that the divine life meets the need of every man for the purpose of God's building. After Witness Lee speaks, we will fellowship concerning today's word and announce our toll-free number. Through which you may obtain a free copy of today's message. And now, here's Witness Lee. In the changing of water into wine, we have seen the principle of life, that is to change death into life. Now, in the dealing of the temple, we can see the goal, the purpose of life, that is to build. The house of God. This section of the word is so short, but it has two aspects which both are quite meaningful. The first aspect is the cleansing aspect, and the second is the building aspect. With the temple of God. There is the need of these two aspects: the cleansing and the building. God's enemy, Satan, always tries two things to damage or to frustrate the temple of God. Number one, to contaminate it, dirty it with so many sinful things. So this is why the house of God needs the cleansing. Number one, number two, God's enemy, Satan, always would try to damage, to tear down the temple of God. Today, with the church life, it is the same. Satan always tries to get the church life, what, contaminated, dirty, with so many worldly things, sinful things, and then Satan will always try to、uh, damage, if possible, to tear down the church life. Whenever there's a local church set up, I tell you, Satan would be busy to come in. First of all, to dirty it. But this morning, 
Let me comfort you. <laughs> if the church in which you are has been contaminated, you shouldn't be discouraged. You have to say, Lord, now is your time. <laughs> now is your time, Lord. You have to come in. Satan's contamination only brings your cleansing. I would prefer to have a church cleansed by the Lord Jesus. How about this? But my point this morning is not mainly on this, but on the what? On the tearing down. Satan, haha, not only busy in contaminating the church, but tearing it down. This is Satan's goal. Look at this portion of the word. The Lord Jesus <laughs> told those opponents, saying, you will tear this temple down. I will build it up within three days. Amen. They didn't understand what the Lord Jesus talked about. <laughs> What did that mean? The Lord Jesus told those opponents, you may put me to death, and you may kill my body on the cross, but I would tell you, I will raise it up in three days. In the New Testament, you have two ways to uh, keep a record of the Lord's resurrection. One way is that God raised him up. And the other is that he rose up by himself. <laughs> was that God raised up him or that he rose up? We have to realize in Luke, in that kind of book, Showing that the Lord Jesus was the Savior. Sacrificed for our sins. He needed God to raise him up. You see the point? But in John, in John, it is different. In John, it was not that the Lord was slain as a sacrifice for sins. But in John, it is that the Lord, he himself, laid down his life. I went into death and I walked out of death. In a sense, you slay me. In essence, you kill me. That is in your sense, but in my sense, it is that I walk into death. And I take a tour to look at death, to have a sad seeing of death. He went into death just like this. Jesus became flesh, taking a physical body, putting this physical body upon himself. 
And we are told clearly in chapter two, uh, chapter one, this physical body was a tabernacle, right? A tabernacle in a sense. In another sense, according to chapter two, this physical body is a temple. Now, by the way, I must point out to you, in this book, not only in this book, even in the whole New Testament, the temple of God doesn't mean a place. Could you follow me? It doesn't mean a place, but rather it means a person. The temple of God in John is not a place, but a person. Jesus when he was in the flesh, his body was the temple of God. In chapter 1, it was the tabernacle. In chapter 2, it was the temple. Both the tabernacle and the temple are the same thing. God's dwelling place. Okay. Satan knew this. Satan, he knew that this body of the little Jesus was God's dwelling place on this earth. So Satan did his best to tear this body down. To destroy this body. And he did. Satan did destroy the physical body of the little Jesus. And in a sense Jesus, let it go. Okay, Satan, do your best. See what can you do. You just do your best. But but whatever you do would just afford me a chance to do something further. Satan destroyed this little body. And after Satan's destruction, Uh, this little body was put into the tomb. And this little body rested there. And after the tour, we know the story, Jesus rose up. You know, when Jesus rose up, he raised up his dead and buried body. I tell you, Satan would say, my, I lost my case. Oh, I was stupid. I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't destroy him. I was stupid to do that. But Satan, it's too late for you to repent. I saw many cases, even in the past years. After a local church being destroyed, damaged, I tell you, you be assured to expect to see a bigger one. To see a stronger one. In principle, the Lord Jesus is always more prevailing than the enemy. Don't be scared by the enemy's doing. Many times, we don't need to pray that desperately. We better say, Satan, do your best. 
Praise the Lord, Satan. You just would afford another chance for my Lord Jesus to overcome you. Sometimes Satan understood. Satan said, if this would be the case, I wouldn't do anything. I tell you, this is the best prayer. The Lord Jesus got to know that the Jews were trying to destroy him. He didn't pray, Oh, Father, Oh, Father, kill all these Jews. <laughs> oh, Father, save me. Oh, Father, protect me. He didn't pray this way, but he told them, You do your best. You try your best to kill me. You be assured, I tell you, after you kill me, I have to be bigger. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who can frustrate the Lord's purpose? None can. The more the enemy tries to do, the more he affords the opportunity for the Lord to do something more. The Lord doing is always in resurrection. In three days, I will build it up. That means what? In resurrection. And we all have to know from the day of his physical resurrection, he has been and still is doing the same thing today. To enlarge his body. My goodness. What an immense body Christ has today in his resurrection. That little body killed by the Jews was just not more than 200 pounds. Do you know how big the body of Christ today is? Oh. Ma. Ma. My, an immense body. And the Lord's still building. And the Lord's ready, expecting Satan to help him. Let the enemy do whatever he can. But whatever he does would just afford a chance for the Lord to do something more in resurrection. The enemy could never beat the Lord Jesus down. Even the church he built, the gates of Hades, can never be prevailing against the builded church. And the church is still going on. And the church is still growing. Praise him. Let the enemy tear down. We will see the victory. And we will see that not only the Lord Jesus is prevailing, but also the church is prevailing. You destroyed this body. I will raise it up in three days. 
That was Witness Lee with today's life study of John chapter 2. If you would like a copy of today's life study message, please call us toll free at 1 888 Life Study. That's 1 888 543 3788. Joining us today in the studio is Ron Kangas, who has been an editor with Living Stream Ministry for over 20 years. Ron, very nice to have you. I'm glad to be here. It seems in today's message that the central idea is enlargement in resurrection. Would you care to comment on this? Yes, in both my hearing of the message and in my reading of the life study, which I highly recommend uh, to our listeners, it appears very definite that the outstanding, even the central idea of this message is enlargement in resurrection. And the text, of course, indicates this, that the temple that was destroyed was the physical body of Jesus, which certainly is probably not any bigger than that of an average man. But in resurrection, something came forth a much larger, much greater. Of course, the Lord's own body was resurrected and became a glorious body in resurrection. But also he raised up his mystical body, the church, the very body that Paul speaks of in uh, Ephesians 1 and 4 and in Romans 12 and in 1 Corinthians 12. So what was destroyed was the physical body of the God-man Jesus, which body was the tabernacle and the temple of God, since the temple in God's eyes was not really a place, but a person. But in resurrection, after the damage had been done by God's enemy, a greater temple, an enlarged body, was raised up. So what was put to death was the limited body of the God-man Jesus. What was raised up was the expanded, the enlarged, mystical body of Christ. Are there other portions of the New Testament that confirm the interpretation of John 2 presented in Witness Lee's message? Definitely. Actually, there is one entire book which, if rightly understood, is an interpretation of this message on enlargement uh, through resurrection. And that book is the book of Acts. If we would study Acts from the point of view of resurrection, we will see that the key to Acts actually is resurrection. That when the eleven needed to choose a successor to Judas, they needed to choose someone who would be a witness of the resurrection. We're told in chapter 2 that God raised up Jesus. And in chapter 4 that the apostles gave uh, witness with power to the resurrection of Christ. So the idea of resurrection goes through Acts. So this is the first thing to realize. But what about the principle of enlargement through resurrection? That is also in Acts. 
We see this in the fact that we have opposition from the very beginning to the apostles' testimony concerning the resurrected of Christ. And first the opposers forbid them to speak. Then they imprison them and beat them. Eventually, the opposition reaches the point where Stephen is martyred. He's killed. So there's death. But what happens? There is an expansion, a spreading of the testimony of Jesus to many other places in chapter 8. Then in chapter 9, Saul of Tarsus is saved, and he becomes a chosen vessel for God's interest, for God's move on the earth. In chapter 12, the political opposition strikes down James, kills him, and imprisons Peter. But in chapter 13, you have the move of the Spirit in Antioch with two of the prophets and teachers who were ministering to the Lord and fasting and praying, being commissioned to spread the gospel, to spread the good news. And later in chapter 13, what does Paul testify strongly of? It's the resurrection of Christ. So all the way through Acts, we see this principle of the Lord wanting to spread to the uttermost parts of the earth, the enemy through the opposers wanting to stop and frustrate, even to the point of killing the believers, But the Lord always responds by releasing resurrection life and power so that after the persecution, there is a greater testimony than there was before. So all the way through this book, we see resurrection, opposition, the attempt to destroy the church, and the enlargement of the testimony of Jesus through the power of his resurrection. In his message, Witness Lee alluded to the Lord's word in Matthew 16 about the gates of Hades not prevailing against the church. Uh, Please comment on how this relates to the matter of enlargement through resurrection. In Matthew 16, immediately after Peter confessed, based upon the Father's revelation, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, The Lord himself went on to speak concerning the church. He said, I say also unto you, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. There are a few uh, crucial matters here that need our attention. First, the Lord talked about, quote, my church, his church. Then he indicated that the gates of Hades would somehow attack the church. And Hades, with his gates, indicates the power of death. But the gates of Hades would not prevail against the church built up by Christ. In order for death not to prevail against the church, that church must be in resurrection. So resurrection is the link. No doubt the power of death will attack the Lord's church. But the church that is built up in the Lord himself as the resurrection life, he mentions this in John eleven twenty five. 
will defeat, will conquer the attack of death. At the same time, death may seem to be prevailing. There seems to be a massive destruction. But give the Lord time to come to what John calls the third day. And on the third day, God himself will intervene and enlarge the church and expand the church and build up the church even more in resurrection life. So on the one hand, the resurrection life in the church thwarts, resists the attack of death. On the other hand, through the very assault of death, the church which is in resurrection is enlarged and expanded for the glory of God in Christ. Ron, how does today's message apply to us in our Christian life and church life? There really is uh, this twofold application. I believe the application is mainly to our corporate church life, but the principle still holds true in our personal Christian life. We can't deny the fact that we go through hard times, we go through tribulations, what we may call the death experiences. But we have someone in us who, as the life-giving spirit, is stronger than death. And he is also our shepherd who leads us through the valley of the shadow of death. And the saints throughout the ages have testified, and we join them to testify, that after we have passed through such an experience, we come out with more faith, more love, more of the treasure of Christ in our vessel, more appreciation for him. There's an expansion and an enlargement of the Lord in us through this experience. But the enemy's attack is not aimed primarily at individual believers, but at the church, the body of Christ, because the church will bring in the kingdom. So the enemy in particular will assault the church. And as one who has been in the church life for more than 30 years, I can testify as a fact of history that after the enemy has done his best in a particular time and in a certain way to damage the church, the Lord who is resurrection has come in to enlarge the church, to expand the church, to build up the church more, and to increase himself in the church. So, both in our personal Christian life and in our corporate church life, we do not have to panic. We do not have to fear. Because we can trust in this glorious fact that Christ himself is resurrection. And no matter what God's enemy does, the ultimate issue will always be expansion and enlargement in resurrection. Thank you, Ron. You're welcome. If you would like a free copy of today's Life Study message and a gift copy of the Stream magazine, call us toll-free at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-543. 3788 or write us at Living Stream Ministry P.O. Box 2121 Anaheim, California 92814 
In addition, books by Witness Lee can be obtained through your local Christian bookstore. Our number again is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. Join us again next week and every week for another Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. Thank you for listening.